What's going on, friends? Welcome, welcome, welcome to Hospital for the Soul podcast. We discuss some of life's deepest issues, fun conversations with friends, and how Jesus Christ is the remedy to any wounded soul. Thank you guys so much for joining us. It's like Christmas week, which is gnarly. And um, but let me introduce across the half round table. We've got Brian Pacini. Mm. And we've got the wonderful, amazing, and talented Kaylee Gonzalez. Hi. How's it going? (laughs) Welcome, Kaylee. Thank you for joining us. Wife of Marco Gonzalez. Yeah, that's me. You guys are quite the couple. (laughs) And we love you guys a lot. Yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. I Um, like being on this side of the table more. You do? You're definitely the... You're much more... Spoken? I'm spoken. You sp- you speak more. I'm, I'm spoken more. You are more <laughs> extroverted. I'm more I'm more spoken. You know how to talk more than me. I'm more you spoke. Majored, you majored in communications. Yes, which means I must be good at it, right? No. <laughs> I'm I'm spoke, which is another derivative of don't of, no no of, no no. <laughs> of, no never mind. <laughs> um, yeah. So today we have got a, a fun conversation about a very, very important um, spiritual topic that is, um, as far as walking with Jesus, this has to be, I mean, we have, we talk about conversations and we always say these are so important and they are. Yeah. Um, this one is uh, no exception. Um, and so this, we're talking about humility today and and how important humility is as as a conviction in walking with Jesus, and so um, if you do a study on humility and and read books on it, there's there's a great book Andrew Murray with oh, what's the, it called? It's it's an extremely clever title. It's it's called uh, humility, um, and so it is it's wonderful and and it's a great especially if you're just starting off as a Christian. That is a highly recommended book for a brand new believer. You're just getting to know Jesus, um, but humility is does is not very easy, is it? Um, especially when, it, like me, when I was younger, um, growing up and learning how to love Jesus, I was really just a turd most of the time. Um, and so, learning, you know, the way of the world is 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 uh, just arrogance and pride, self righteousness. And when you get to know Jesus, it all turns upside down. Yeah. So, so Brian, you think about like when you were like, what were the initial lessons of humility when you first got saved? First got saved. First <laughs> got saved. I I very quickly learned, like you, that I am a turd, and I, I don't even know how long it took before I I started to realize how to un be unturded. Yeah, that's a word. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. That's in the dictionary. Before Jesus came in, definitely. Yeah, but. Uh, I, it definitely I'm I'm not the kind of person that takes hints, so I I needed a few good slaps from the Lord and some good friends to be like, hey, that you probably shouldn't be like that. You're you're kind of yeah, and and so yeah, it took it hurt, it really did, but it was a, a hurt that you have to accept. Yeah, because I mean it, it never feels good to be told you're a terrible person. But it is the truth sometimes. Right. And you can either, yeah, walk in humility and choose to let Jesus change you, or you can be proud and be like, no, (laughs) me, like I'm justified. (laughs) You're, you're the jerk actually. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm. It's true. So Kaylee, let's, what, when we 
let's talk about like one Christianity 101. When we're we've you've got a brand new small group girl and your topic is humility. What is what is this about? What is Jesus looking for when he's talking about this thing and and how do you how do you accomplish what seems to be the impossible? <laughs> um okay, so I don't butcher it. Um I think of one of the quotes that we say from C.S. Lewis. Um and so we, I think we, Ruby and I co-lead together. Mm-hmm. And so we recently, I, I always switch it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for it. Um, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Okay. And so I think um, it's pretty, you run into that all the time where you think like, oh, I have to put myself down and mm-hmm. that's humility. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, no, no, no. The Lord says <laughs> that's not, <laughs> that's not the correct definition, right? Yeah. It's like, it's to stop f- focusing on yourself and focus more on him and focus on the others around you and serving those around you. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so it's almost kind of like the game where like when you realize that you lost, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> You just when you're not focused on yourself, like maybe you are actually being humble, Lord. But then you like maybe someone compliments you, yeah, and you're like, hey, I am humble, aren't I? And <laughs> you're like, I, I am so great. Oh, I am not anymore. Yeah, yeah. gotta gotta do it over. <laughs> just gotta think of Jesus. Yeah, and and th- this is not an easy task, and I and I I feel for you know the the struggle. I I relate to the struggle because it we're always. We just always try to be. It always feels good to be right, right. and it feels good when when you you've been living a certain way. And I was talking to someone years ago about like when you introduce kingdom of God principle of Jesus. It actually it it's not just a it's not always a fork in the road. And like there's that way which is bad, and then this way which is good, and you go down this way instead. It's it all. The the arguments of Jesus are fighting words. It's 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 thinking in spiritual terms and spiritual warfare, right, Kaylee? The devil has arguments, and he he believes those arguments are sound. And then Jesus comes on the scene, teaches us actually this is what the kingdom of God is actually like. Well, we'll go and there's there's more verses on this in the Bible than we could ever have time for that. You you would need an entire Bible series just on humility because Jesus talks about it so much. It's all throughout the scriptures. But we, when we're talking about this, it, it is when you introduce a kingdom principle to a scenario, it, it will almost, especially if with a person that is basically wrapped up in, in the world or self-righteousness, Humility isn't just a good advice thing. It's actually an attack. Yeah. It's an attack on the way they have done things. Right. Right? So I was talking to a person um, years ago, leave unnamed, like this person wrote an apology letter to a family member, and it was a huge deal. And the family member rejected it. It mm-hmm. was like, it was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry about this, and like, I, I love you. It was a very, it was like basically an olive branch. Mm-hmm. And I'm offering peace. Uh, so that we can be reconciled. And the person, the family member, rejected it at first and was angry. And and I was talking to this person. They're like, why would they reject an olive branch? Why would they reject a peace treaty? Mm-hmm. It's because and it's, an, it's an attack on the way they think. Mm-hmm. It's an attack on the way they, they have always done things. And so, Brian, like, we, we in ministry, we see this all the time. 
we we are in the business of spreading the gospel. And I use the term business very lightly because we're not in it for the money. We're in it for for the the gain of the kingdom, so that Jesus is. Um, I was going to say, where's this money at? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Some if we can find a tree that has dollar bills on it, we'll I'll let you know. But um, but we've got. You know the the transition from going from from um, the the thinking of the world, which is which is the advancement of self, in the thinking of the kingdom. Let's talk about that transition for just a little bit. Um, that is thinking of the rich young ruler. Like it's impossible to to really rationalize that. How do you go from I'm the best in the universe to I'm the scum? Yeah. Um. It doesn't make any sense from a naturalistic point of view or an mm-hmm. atheistic point of view because then you really are everything. Mm-hmm. Every, everything is just your experience. But once you meet Jesus, once I met Jesus, and my, I guess, revelation, my very first revelation in the Lord, when I first listened to him was, wow, I am terrible. I yeah. really am the scum of the universe. Whether I, At the time, I, I thought that was actually the thing. Mm-hmm. It might sound like an exaggeration. You know, mm-hmm. you're not Hitler or Stalin, but that's how it felt because yeah. I had just met the most beautiful mm-hmm. thing ever, the yes. Lord Jesus, and how just how humble he was, how the Lord of the universe can be humble and gentle and loving and forgiving, and all that just kind of, it was almost like a mountain dumped on my head, and I just, I couldn't fathom it, Yeah, and you can't help but be humbled like I'm thinking of Isaiah when he goes before the throne of the Lord, and he sees this, I, how he just tries to explain it, but he it doesn't even make sense to us. Right. And he's explaining, like, the, I think it's the cherubs lying around covering their feet, and he says, woe is me. Mm. He's like, I, I'm going to die. I'm in the presence of the king of yeah. everything. Mm. I'm going to die. That's, like, complete humility. Yeah. Almost that stepping into sublime and realizing. Right. I'm really nothing. I'm an ant. But then he, yeah, the beautiful thing is he lifts you up, and that's what the, he hopes humility becomes a part of your character because when he does start to lift you up, if it's not, then you're going to become boastful and proud and think that whatever miracles he does through you or whatever he's taught you is yours to have. Yeah. When really it's it's all him in you in the first place. Yeah. So, Kaylee, is it possible to be a Christian at all and and not be humbled? To be a Christian at all and not be humbled? Is it possible to be a Christian but never be humbled? I would. <laughs> I know you know the answer. It's just the pressure. <laughs> it's because you're live is why. What do you think? Uh, I mean, no. <laughs> be- yeah, why? Because um, if you're really trying to follow Christ and be like Christ and live his, your life like him, then you're going to have moments where the Lord's going to say, hey, this thing right here, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. not that's what I'm asking of you. Right. And so um, if you're not having moments with the Lord or moments with your spiritual authority mentor where, you know, things are being called out, you know, um, then you're not going to grow closer to the Lord. You're not going to let the Lord sweep in and show you like his grace in those moments of like weakness. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what I'm hearing it from you guys, you all are my friends, is we it's getting Getting right with God is not so much of um, I've got my way of doing things, and then I've discovered this Jesus person, and it looks like just a it's like a better way of doing things. So I'm just going to latch on the better way of doing things. 
But really, to be humbled, it it's not so much of that, but more so, you you see Jesus and you're exposed to how wicked you are, and you're mm-hmm. exposed to like I look nothing like this. This is holiness. Yeah. This man, Jesus, is perfection. He is God with a face, as Z. Stanley Jones says. He he's he's eternal. He's everything. Jesus is the Lord of heaven and earth, the master of the universe. And then that image of him makes us see ourselves and it's like, oh Lord, I am, I'm so, I'm universes away from this. <laughs> God help me. And so we, you you know, you've got in the gospels in Matthew 19, the, the rich young ruler, right? And so, uh, get, get, Brian, give me a synopsis of that story. Rich young ruler comes up to Jesus. He says, a good teacher, what must I do to gain eternal life? And I just, I just love how Jesus does this. And Ravi Zacharias is the one that kind of made it all click for me how Jesus works. Mm. And he he always, whenever he's talking to someone, it's always for the individual. Mm-hmm. And so he knew this guy's heart and that the guy loved his money. And so he wanted to challenge, why are you asking this question? So he says, there's none good but God. So why are you calling me good? It's like, are you saying that I'm God? Or am I just this smart guy are you basically like if dad said no you can't have cookies you go to mom and ask mom if you yeah. can have the cookies and mom might be oh okay so he's going to jesus like <laughs> hey can i keep my money and still get into eternal life hmm. and jesus kind of quizzes him on some of the commandments and uh we're told that the guy fulfilled these commandments perfectly right jesus says yes you have done these things but jesus didn't ask him about the commandments between God and man. He asked him about the commands between man and man mm. because he knew money was his God. Right. And the guy did not want to humble himself right after he even said, yes, I think you are God. Jesus said, go sell everything you have, right? Be poor, basically, be poor. And the guy walked away sad mm. because he didn't want to be, I guess you could even say humbled monetarily mm-hmm. and have yeah. to rely on other things. Yeah. Um, whatever his love of money was based upon, right? Right. But he didn't want that, sadly. And, and w- let's, this is a random question, Kayla. This might, this might be fun for us to discuss together, but when Jesus, why is it so difficult, he says, it f- for a rich man to enter a kingdom, it's like a camel going through an eye of a needle. What is, about, what is it about that idol, um, do you think, Kaylee, that, that uh, keeps people away from knowing God and, and humbling themselves when, when they've got great possessions or great wealth? Like, what is it about it that keeps humility from happening? From entering in. Yeah, I just, I instantly, as you're saying that, I just think of the throne in our heart. You know, who's seated on that throne, really, when we mm. examine our heart? And is it, is it Jesus or is it the security we have with money, you know? Yes. And and so things get exposed when <laughs> we, we realize that. And it actually kind of reminds me of um, something that I went through um, when I was uh, teaching and all that. I... Um, I had taught at one school and I earned, you know, a pretty good salary and, um, it was time to start looking for another school to be working at. And, um, when I heard how much money they're like, Oh, we would love to meet with you. We'd have an interview with you and all these things. And they're like, oh, we just want to let you know the salary is, um, anywhere from like 19,000 to maybe 22,000 a year. Yeah. Which was like significantly cash less. money, right? Cash that, money right there. Like in my in my heart, I was like, "Oh no way!" Like yeah. I could make more than that doing yeah. other things, you know, like not even teaching. Yeah. Um. But in that moment, as I said no, 
like the Lord spoke to me and he was like, you know, you worked at this one job where financially you were the richest you've ever been, mm. but spiritually you're the poorest you've ever been. Wow. And I'm giving you this opportunity where you could go to this place where maybe financially you won't be rich, but spiritually you will. Wow. And so it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you have no choice. Like you just obey. Yeah. 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 That's, that, that's, that's good. That's, that reminds me of a story myself right? when I was younger, I had to decide between summer jobs and the Lord pr- brought up a, uh, a pathway like that. Like you could work this summer job and um, it's going to be the hardest job of your life. You're going to get paid basically a can of beans every weekend. <laughs> what getting, kind of beans? Uh, bacon in it? They were, they were Mexican beans. Ooh. That's a good. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> the, the metaphor has broken down. I s- said that just because I live in the Rio Grande Valley oh. and there's excellent beans here. Yeah. It's fantastic. True. But I had that choice. Like, do I, um, or do I like work double jobs, lifeguard, and work at this place and, and get tons of? But the spiritual growth from this job that paid nothing was unbeatable. There, there was no comparison yeah. um, with what I how the the humility. It was like the humbling summer of of my life, basically. Was that your dishwashing job? Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, learning how to wash dishes and. And and that's that's a story I will I'll just I'll always have the story in sermons because I'm I'm I showed up to, and and this this all really applies to to what we're talking about here because I show up to a job as a counselor like and it's my time to be a counselor and like I signed that's what I was signed up to be that's what I showed up to Big do Dan on campus that's right like <laughs> I'm I, I'm measuring in communication I know how to speak right. And, and I show up with this mentality, I'm going to lead young people to Jesus, and I'm going to be a counselor. And then for a, this is a two-month job, and for an entire month, I was basically in, in the kitchen washing dishes. And I was so I, – I, it was one of the first times in my life where I was so angry and frustrated at people, but I was more angry and frustrated with God because I felt like God had abandoned me. I felt like he was – just doing this to spite me. And, and I was in prayer, like, like I'd never been in my life. (laughs) I'm like pounding my fists on and punching things. I'm going, Lord, and I'm saying ridiculous stuff, guys. I'm saying things like, Lord, you have done like, like you're the one that made me good at speaking is what I told him. (laughs) The arrogance, you know, and the, the pride going, you're the ones that gave me this gift. Now you've stuck me in the kitchen doing this meaningless job of washing dishes. And I'm like mad and, and I'm just like all of my, there's no filter on my prayers. I'm alone with God that night. I'm crying because I'm, my hands hurt and my my lower back felt like I was 110 years old <laughs> from scrubbing like, like it was like hundreds of dishes three times a day. It yeah. was insane. And I get to this point where it's like breaking point. Like I'm going to quit this job. It's not worth it, but I'm not a quitter, this kind of stuff. And and I remember my friend handed me a book, and it was Practicing the Presence of God by <laughs> Brother Lawrence. I read this book, and in this book, this is a godly man who starts washing dishes, and he starts praying and thanking God for every dish that he washes, and he starts praising the Lord. for. He, he says, Lord, thank you for putting me in the kitchen so I can pray for these children, because if someone else was in here, they, they, would not, they might not pray. So I have to be in this kitchen. Guys, I was... I was riddled with so much conviction. I threw this book across the room out of anger. <laughs> and and I was just I was just unbelievably convicted 
because I was in this place where I was blaming God for abandoning abandoning me and leaving me, right. when in fact the issue was not that He was far from me; it was that I just disapproved of the training program that God put me in. Yeah, right. I did not want to be humbled, and and that's the thing, isn't it, Kaylee? Like Brian, like in order to be great in the kingdom, what does Jesus say? Like the the least will be greatest, and the greatest will be least. Yeah. Basically, like, Flip it you try and put yourself at the front of the line. He's like, whoa, hey, let me see your ticket. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. That's the wrong. Get it, get it back. Get it back. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And that was such a pivotal moment in my life because I realized, one, the Lord hadn't abandoned me. It Even when I would, he wasn't afraid of even my offensive prayers. I was saying, like, Lord, like, like, like you are a mismanager of your resources. There's a few parables about that. I prayed that like, Lord, you're mismanaging your resources. I belong in the counseling room. And the Lord was like, Daniel, you don't, you don't learn. He's like, I'm trying to make you a great preacher, but you're no, you won't let me. If you want to be a great preacher, you need to learn how to serve. You need to learn how to scrub dishes. And, um, Lord willing, hopefully I still know how to scrub dishes with a smile. It's still hard sometimes. You You can come see in my house after I eat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Lord. Uh, go over to Brian's house. <laughs> it's on the internet. Wash your dishes. Uh, I don't know how many witnesses now. Yeah. Mine's right next door, so you know you can there head you there after. Oh Second man. <laughs> I feel taking a, taken advantage of. Um, so there's some, some awesome verses about this. Now, humility is is really, it, it's like a relinquishing of of your rights. Yeah. Right. You. Know, it's like a relinquishing of your power. And so uh, there's this there's this scripture in uh, Matthew chapter 20. This is pretty gnarly. The mother of the Zebedee's sons came to him, and, and she's basically like um, kneeling down, asking him something from him. She says, what do you wish? And she says, grant that these two sons of mine may sit at your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. Okay, that's a thing to ask. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like in front of all the other disciples too. In fr- like. Yeah, and it's like you know, like when you're in junior high and like your mom comes to fight for uh. you, and, <laughs> and you're like so embarrassed. And you're like, oh, I'm too old for this, and mom's like, like this school doesn't have recess. Oh, we're gonna see. We're gonna see about this, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, there. <laughs> we're gonna fix this problem, and then and so uh, he says, you don't know what you ask. Like like that's. He's just—he's basically just laying down the the truth in front of you. Are you able to drink from the cup that I'm going to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to be baptized with? And the disciples said, "We are able." <laughs> now that blows my mind. The the again, like this is hubris. Like, yeah, we that, can. Jesus, we can do what you can that's do. Scrolling down on the internet, like, do you accept the terms? Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. And they're, they have no clue, Kaylee, what they're saying. They have no clue. Right. But, but they, they, think, they think they do. They think they, they've like traveled with them for a certain amount of time. You know, they've got a master on the material and all that. Um, so then he says, so then J- Jesus says something. He doesn't immediately rebuke them. He says, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism I am baptizing with. I, Jesus knew what these disciples were going to be doing yeah. in the future. That the, the, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, just the gentleness, I think mm. of Jesus. He knew like these guys are being butts. They're being turds. And Jesus like, 
he, he knows what he's asking them to do and what they will be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but to sit at my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it's for those whom is prepared for my father. So Jesus gives the glory all to the father. He doesn't take it for himself. He gives all the glory to the father. Verse 24. But when the 10 heard this, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. <laughs> Jesus called them. To, basically, it's it's that small group where it's like, dude, shut up. <laughs> like, like what? you're making us all look bad. Like and, and they're being embarrassed, you know, especially because moms are around. Small groups, you know, yeah, yeah, be awkward. <laughs> um, he said, calls him to himself, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So what do you get what do y'all get out of that? Pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Um what he desires greatness is not what the world desires or thinks of as greatness. He because uh, again later we see him come put the towel around his waist and do the work of a slave and clean the feet of his disciples, the nasty feet. Mm-hmm. And Peter's so mad. He's like, not just my feet then, my whole body. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm I'm going even more. And he's like, oh, dude, like, <laughs> you're totally missing it. It's not, yeah. you just had a bath, actually. Yeah. Like, you don't need two baths. And, um, but yeah, the whole thing is the God of the universe came down as a man. Right? Like, that that alone is, like, hmm. unbelievable. And, but if, if he, being the greatest ever of everything, does that, then how much more must I? Mm. And uh, and how mu- at the same time, how much un, how more unworthy am I to ever think myself great at anything? Yeah, right. You anything to add to that, Kaylee? Um. Well. Uh, totally fine. <laughs> 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 you got me again. Mind blank. No, totally cool. Interrupt me at, at any time, Kaylee. Um, that's that's good, Brian. I'm I'm taken back by the fact that Jesus is planning on giving his disciples authority. Yeah, but he's telling them this is the kingdom way to do it. Now, there's a lot of people in the world that, and and there's a lot of Christians, self-claimed Christians in the world that really hunger and desire for authority and and a say in people's lives or, you know, I remember a ridiculous example, but this is a true story. Years ago, I was like in high school and we we're at a Christian concert and talking to this one guy and he's like, like, dude, you're, you don't look like you're having fun at all. And he's like, and he's literally, these words came out of his mouth. He's like, I just can't get over the fact that I feel like I should be up there. <laughs> <laughs> It's like he actually said that phrase. So that's, again, that's the idea of the world of elevating self, not elevating Christ, elevating our own um, teaching ability and not elevating Christ, elevating self, our own ministry. And um, Jesus turns the whole thing upside down and says, if you want to be great, you must serve. you got to learn how to serve. And... And so the 
people that long for authority, this is a dangerous, dangerous thing. To desire authority is, like Apostle Paul says, don't be quick to become teachers. This is a warning, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, it, people that are hungry for authority over people's lives, this is, a, this is a dangerous, dangerous idea that can ruin your life with Jesus. It can ruin your, your faith. It can ruin the friends in your life. It can cause, like, so much pain. And ultimately, the worst thing, it can cause believers to turn against each other. Because there's this yearning, this yearning of power and authority. Perfect example, and I'm going to point the finger at myself. Um, when I first got into college ministry as a student, I was a church kid, right? Mm-hmm. So who? So neither of y'all are church kids. Right. So both y'all pagan background and getting getting <laughs> saved in, in campus ministries. So yeah. I was a church kid. So so this I can I can testify to this. It's hard to go through church kid life and get all the training, know the Bible fairly well and have confidence in it, being asked to teach the Bible in your school and, you know, in your, um, you know, leading even a ministry in your high school, like some of my friends and I did, and then moving to a whole new town, getting involved in a whole new church and a whole new ministry. There is a humbling that takes place and that's not easy for church kids. Sometimes it's very, very difficult for church kids because it's like, well, I've already took these exams. I've already taken these courses, and I feel for those people. I really do because I remember just struggling with that, and I remember like going, well, I don't want to like, be demoted because I've worked so hard, and is, are the things that I've been faithful to in my past, does it matter anymore? And so, there, again, I'm, I'm getting a whole lot of stuff here, but this is important, like – that's the struggle I was I was having. And then my brother Casey sat me down and saved my life. <laughs> he saved me because I went into this ministry, and the first question in my mind was, okay, what is the pathway to being a leader? Like, wh- how do I get there? Mm-hmm. So, so here's me, and here's like the glory <laughs> and leadership and having authority in people's lives. Tell me, how do I get there? What is the quickest path? Because look, I'm a team player. I don't think I should skip the process, but I just want to know how I can not stay the small, insignificant person like the least amount of time as possible. Right. I want to. Like, I'm qualified. I'm qualified. Exactly. That was my mentality. And my brother sat me down and said, Daniel, everything you're thinking about in terms of being a leader, you need to uh, stop thinking that and you need to think the opposite. Mm. Um, this is, you're not going to do that. He actually was very authoritative. He said, you're not going to do that. You're going to get involved in this ministry. You're going to find a small group leader. You're going to serve that small group leader. Mm. And he's telling me this for my own good. He's not fighting for the ministry's credibility. He's not defending anything. He's talking for my spiritual well-being because mm-hmm. there's, these are the principles that are here. Exactly. It's this. And I'm going... He stopped me dead in my tracks. He said, Daniel, you're going to show up. You're going to go up to your small group leader. You're going to say, what can I do to serve you? And then you're not going to ask anyone, how do I become a leader? Because that's that's the opposite of how Jesus teaches us. And you're going to serve. And if they come up to you and ask you, if um, they come up to you to, to be a leader, then you can do it. And I I really listened to him. I was terrified because I realized I was still thinking mm. in, in the world. Yeah, exposed you. Yeah. Yeah, and so 
guys, does this not happen like in the world <laughs> still to this day? Does this not happen all the time? Yeah. You know, I think uh, something that um, kind of like people in general, we kind of go through our life every day, right? Same routine kind of thing. And so whenever something bad all of a sudden happens, mm -hmm. we're like, wait, why did this happen? Mm -hmm. And that's the point where we can realize, wait, I'm not invincible. Things can happen to me and things can happen to my family. And that's why, <laughs> you know, like that's another moment to turn to the Lord and say like, wait, I cannot do this on my own and I don't have the right to do this on my own. Like I don't want to call the shots actually. Right. right. So Brian, let's say I'm I get in like what would you what advice would you give me similar to my brothers? Like I'm let's say I go into this ministry with the wrong attitude and I'm like, I want to be a leader, but then they basically don't let me be a leader for whatever reason, right? I, how do you counsel me? Like what would you say to young Daniel? Um, not to get my name my last name backwards and put it before the first name. <laughs> but but like, what do you, how do you, uh, train that? How do you counsel someone, um, lovingly? <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's like, uh, like I, I've been rejected as a leader and I feel like I'm good enough to be a leader. Um, but, uh, gosh, darn it. You don't see my value. Like you don't see how smart I am. And yeah. Um, <laughs> me, gentle Brian, right. <laughs> it's uh, Look, I'm just going to flip it, and I'll say what someone would have to tell me. Mm -hmm. So That's I can good. be very straight to the point and bold. Sure. Like, I probably am too much. Uh, I'll just say, well, you just revealed to everyone that you're not worthy of any sort of leadership because it's not about... The point of leadership is about bringing people to Jesus, mm. right? And that has to start with you first bowing to Him. Mm, that's good. And if, and if that's not what your motive is, your intent, then you really don't deserve it. Yeah. And... You don't get it in the first place. You don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good to think about, like, how would I give this advice to myself? Like, I, I, I realized the graciousness of God, and he was trying to give me what my heart desired, which was authority to preach and authority to teach. That's The Lord wanted that for me. Um, but I was – I refused to do it th his way, Yeah, you see. And, and so – I think, do you think the desire for power, this, I'm not asking this because I think I know the answer. I'm totally asking this open-ended for us to think about. Do you think the desire for authority and the desire for power is wicked to begin with? The... Or there's, there might be, is there a gray area there? Again, I can, there has to be someone that wants that out of a righteous, like, mm -hmm. like, if God were to say, okay, you know what, I'll step down off my throne because this guy, whatever, yeah, he's he's the right one for the job, mm -hmm. right? And so we, we even read, we know Joshua wrote it, but Moses is the most humble man alive, right? Yeah, the, and, and then if it's end true, of Deuteronomy. Right. If it's true, right? So let's, let's say you walk into a room of a bunch of five-year-olds. Is it wrong for you to say, no, I'm the authority in this room, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. But it's true, mm -hmm. you know? Um, the scary thing is, and I'm thinking politics now, when there's so much power, there's so much wealth to be had, mm -hmm. and people are so good at lying, how can you know, right? Because I'm sure there's someone, there's got to be someone on this planet that could be the best United States president. Mm -hmm. I don't know who that is. I don't even know how to judge that rightly. 
but I've always thought like the person I want to rule over me is the person that doesn't think that they can do it that well mm. Mm. because it means they're going to rely on right the expert at this the expert at that they, and as long as they're a godly person I think that they can hear from the Lord and make yeah. the right decisions but uh, so I don't I don't think it by ne- necessity I, I guess it all comes from the intent do I want yeah. this authority yeah because I want power and I want to control or is it like the Lord's put me here because he mm. thinks I'm the best one. I don't know. We see King David doesn't mm-hmm. try and hold on to it. He lets the Lord put him in that position. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he says, if you put me here, then I will accept. Right? I'll accept mm-hmm. it. And uh, I could go into a whole bunch of Lord of the Rings. Sure. Aragorn yeah. things. But we don't, we don't you want to you add to that, Caleb? Like, so we've got, like, is it inherently wrong? To seek and and to, like to have this feeling inside of you that desires, um, to to have more weight in people's lives or to have spiritual authority, you know. I I, I have to agree with Brian. It, it comes with the like the reasoning, the motive behind it. Mm-hmm. Like, is it because you want to help point people to the Lord, um, or and I guess even that you can twist to be still your own kind of thing like you want the power so um yeah the whole like the lord um qualifies the call doesn't call the qualify yeah there you go Um, (laughs) like i tell you i jumble things so no you did good (laughs) so god does not call the qualified he qualifies the called now that's a one-liner but what we mean by that is what how would you explain what does that mean it means like how you felt, you know, well, I've done this, this, and this, and this. Therefore, I am qualified for this position, so I'm being called to this. Mm-hmm. It's like, no. It's typically when you don't feel like you're prepared at all for mm-hmm. that one position, but you have this heart that's willing to serve, that's willing to love people, that's willing to grow. Yes. That that's when the Lord places you in that position. It's like, okay. <laughs> yes. And why are we saying these crazy things? Because we see it in here. Right. We, we see Jesus lifting up. The humble God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That opposing from the Bible study I've done in the past is like the root meaning of there's like it. He wages war against. He opposes the proud. And so talking, to, speaking to some church kids out there that might be listening, I'm as speaking as a church kid, it can be hard to get involved in either a new church when you graduate college, move to a new town. That's hard when you move to a new church and, and there's this, there, you might have this feeling, um, that, uh, oh man, I've got to start all the way to square one. Another example, let's say you've dated a person for a long, long, long time <laughs> and then you get dumped horribly and no, they break. I don't know that feeling. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I know that feeling all too well. Uh, but you get dumped, you know, and you're like going through all five stages of grief or whatever it's called. Oh my God. And <laughs> <laughs> and and then you like and then what you like I you know I'm never I'm not dating ever again I'm going to be celibate <laughs> I'm giving my life to the Lord I'm never going to get married because and and then you hate women for four years I remember when you said that and I was yes like, bros for life and then Jessica came into your life and I was like he's leaving me <laughs> <laughs> I'm alone again yes <laughs> because I was humbled oh. uh, and and so. But there's this feeling I've done all this investment um, and, and learning in the past. Um, Lord, why, like, don't demote me. 
and and when I move into this new place, or I don't want to date a new girl because I want to start off in square one. I'm just done with the with trying, right? Right. So here's my advice: if that's anyone listening and they're a church kid or they're struggling with that, my and this is harsh advice: you need to remember your place. You you need to remember that um, this isn't about you. That's what I had to learn, and what I'm still continually learning. This isn't about me. Mm-hmm. This is not about the authority that I can achieve in my life. This is not about the authority you can achieve in your life. This is about elevating Christ. We are here to elevate Christ and his glorification and, and making him famous and preaching the gospel to the nations. That is, that's our motive, right? Yeah. It makes me think of Paul in 2 Corinthians and he's talking about this thing that's been tormenting him, this thorn in the flesh. He doesn't say what it is, but it's like this thing that maybe even the devil's doing to him. And he says in Second Corinthians 12, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Mm. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions and difficulties, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. He's saying, the harder and more miserable my life is for me, mm. the more I must lean on Jesus. Really, the more I'm realizing what reality is, because life without mm. him is is hell, yes. almost by definition. Yes, you know? yep. And yep. it's like the harder things are, it, it's almost like the more that, the quicker he can grow me towards himself to look like himself. And also, almost the the more that my witness can do for the world. Like, oh man, that guy's life, if I was in his shoes, I would be miserable. Mm-hmm. And I would, why doesn't he hate God, right? Like like they tell Job, like, curse God and die. Mm. Right. But here he is loving people and still serving the Lord and pushing through mm-hmm. because he knows who's carrying him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I'm thinking of a, a dilemma that is really complicated in in 2020 that's kind of the coronavirus dilemma and so there's a lot of pastors out there they're they're in between a rock and a hard place and some you know depending on what area you're living the situations will be will vary but uh, i want to encourage everyone we should link this in the description below the video Mm -hmm. the 10-minute bible hour guy is awesome yeah 10 minute bible hour um is a youtube channel i really like the guy he has a stellar video um where he explains very clearly um there's people in the church that are quick to attack um or share their opinions slash um attack (laughs) their pastor about like we like we don't need to be living in fear um and we don't need to like we don't need to be wearing masks because that's giving into fear it's giving into government tyranny and we shouldn't be wearing any masks at all and then there's the and so pastors are hearing that and they're they're trying to lovingly lead their churches right. in a certain direction, right? And they and then there's a whole another group of people, 50, the other fifty percent, <laughs> and they're saying um, we need to be careful, we need to show love to our neighbor and wear masks, and it we do not need to be meeting in churches right now. This is way too dangerous. It is it is like like we have to think this. So, in the in the point he makes. None of these people are necessarily wrong. None of them are wrong. 
both of them make very sound, great arguments, but you need to think about your poor pastor who's sitting in the middle. I think about my pastor, my church, I think, and I think about all the pastors that we're friends with in the Rio Grande Valley. I'm like, pray for these guys. Yeah. So I'm like, Lord, because they're stuck in the middle, and, and this is where believers get really ugly. This kind of goes back to power. This goes like you want to have a thought. I, I, I believe that something is wrong that's going on, I feel strongly because of my previous training and spiritual experiences with God, I must share my opinion on this because I need to fight what's wrong in the church. Right, because okay? I am right. Because I'm right, yeah. yes, is very, very important. And so the this 10-minute Bible hour guy explains, um, it, you go to your pastor and you're, you bombard him. He's like, what you, what you need to do is stop what you're doing. And you need to turn around and go in the absolute opposite direction and do the exact opposite of what you're currently doing right now. Mm. You need to put yourself in in this person's shoes because their job is to unite mm. the church and right. to bring like leaders job. The hard job that they have is to, they need to bring people together and unite. And this is very, very key. Um, Whenever you are a person that inerrantly desires authority and you want to have weight in people's lives, you want to have authority in people's lives, if, and if, if that person's not given authority quick enough or in the way that they feel they need, like they should have, they should have a certain amount of weight given to them because of all their hard work, right? What ends up happening that's terrible is when it's not given to them the way they want it, what they typically do is they turn their guns away from the devil and they turn it at other believers. And they start firing at Christians, at ourselves, basically. And you have disunity, dysfunction, and and basically Christians fighting each other. Which God says is one of the worst things that he hates over everything in the Bible. And so um, this this is like a this is a serious like thing, um, and 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 what we need as, as the church is to be unified, especially right now because there's so many opinions out there, mm-hmm. um, and political issues or whatever issue is under the sun. I think we need to be praying for our pastors and leaders, and we need to be unifying um, alongside them. Yeah, big time, big time. Yeah. And so I, yeah, not to beat the dead horse even to more death, but um, when when we desire authority, Jesus gives us the rubric to have more authority. So if you're listening and you want more spiritual authority in your life, um, you you don't you really don't have a right to get upset if if it's just not given to you on a silver platter, because look, Jesus has given you the rubric. He's training his disciples to make disciples. And so I see this a lot. People really, really want a microphone, but they don't want to, they don't really want a small group. Mm. (laughs) They don't want to make a disciple. It's hard. (laughs) It's harder. Yeah. It's much harder, right? Uh, to build a small group than it is, um, to preach in front and and a mic with a microphone. Um, and so it, if you want authority and if you want spiritual weight in people's lives and you've got all of these great lessons that God's taught you in your past, um, then uh, my, like what the only thing that Jesus is telling us to do is, well, take that stuff you've learned and go build a small group and, and turn your guns to the devil and, 
yeah. and, and do real damage there. Does that make does that make sense? Kind of what I'm saying. Makes me think about Paul saying, talking about his self righteousness, right? Someone, if someone thinks himself so great, very righteous, I know a lot. And he says, my self righteousness is. I don't know how far you want me to l- say. Literally, what he said is bloody tampons. I think, mm. or is that a different filthy one? rags? Filthy rags, yeah. Or righteousness is what fil- it is. Filthy yeah. rags, like yeah. And uh, and then he even says other things. <laughs> like yeah, he says things that are in the Bible, but I guess they aren't good to say. We've online. tamed them. Yes, we've, we've tamed. The, yeah, the, but that's how the language. How yeah. disgusted he is by these things, yeah. and how disgusted the Lord is by self righteousness and pride and boasting. Mm-hmm. When it's all about right, like I've heard, it's it said the foot, the the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. Every human comes to Jesus at the same level. No one's greater than another, and God, God seems to give leadership based on how low you can bow, really, yeah. and how much you can love, and and I don't know what I'm doing half the time, but I I look at, at our campus and our valley, and I see. I see people that maybe hate Jesus. I see mm-hmm. people that have no clue about him. I see people that want to walk with him. I see people that do already walk with him, um, but they just need to be directed a- away. And my heart breaks to the point that I think last week we talked about burdens. Like I, mm. I can't not do anything. Mm-hmm. Right? The Lord is. I see the Lord come on this world and weep and die for it. So how, why can I not? You know <laughs> what? Mm. How could I do any less? And uh. Yeah, and it's if if someone wants authority or power, um, going back to the question a long time ago, I, I don't know how close you are to Jesus, mm. who constantly gave up his uh, obviously not theologically right, but mm. in the in the way that men look at it, he constantly seemed to give up his authority and power when he's being accused by people. What he, he stayed silent, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't try to defend himself. Mm. Which he very easily could have. Yeah. And I mean, he could have just, hey, what's what's that? Herod, lightning bolt, boom. Yeah. <laughs> the power. <laughs> Look at my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> but he refused to because he's saying uh, this character, character is more important than power. Yeah. In my kingdom, right? The God who has all the power, character is more important. Mm-hmm. My character drives my power, not my power drives my character, which is what dictators think. Right. Right. Mm. So, Kaylee, if I'm a person and I'm like, man, Lord, uh, I struggle with humility. What would how would what would you advise a person um, in a in a right way to deal with that? What would you say? I think I would kind of try to get on some common ground or something that would like kind of help them click. Of like, well, right now, as Brian was talking, I was kind of thinking of when I was a teacher. Um, you know. There's a lot of things in life where we, you know, feel like we're like elevated, right? Mm-hmm. And as a teacher, you're the one in charge of students. So mm-hmm. you're like at this level up here. And when you want it to get through to a student who like either bad behavior or just like wasn't doing one well in school or what have you, you get down to their level. Yeah. Like you you get on your oh. knees oh, yeah. and you like talk to them and, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, okay, you're not up here yeah. just talking down at me yeah. and i think self-righteousness does that you you just automatically elevate yourself and and you're not being humble and so um what i wanted to say was like humility invites people in in a way that our pride won't mm. and so it allows us to communicate better and love better and um yeah the pride can't be healed and it, and it, 
has to be broken and shattered. Yes. And that's why we pray, God, break our hearts for what breaks yours. Because yeah. then we we start to have that happen. Like when you pray that, like you start to have that happen. And the Lord's showing you like, this is my brokenness for my people. And now you see it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes me think too of, right, even if you, when you start walking with the Lord and he really does start to change you and then people like really see it and then they compliment you. And it's like, it's almost scary. And you want to like, no, 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 you know. <laughs> and uh, so I was in ROTC at Sam Houston and we had to walk around in our uniform. Mm. And I remember going into Walmart because he had to wear it all day. And this old gentleman comes up and shakes me. He's like, thank you for serving our country. It's like, uh, I haven't done anything yet. I'm, they make me wear this. You know, like yeah. I went to class. That's all I've done so far. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not even old enough to kind of pay my taxes, I guess. You know, like, <laughs> and, um, but that's when I realized he's, he didn't care what I've done or haven't. He's thanking the uniform mm-hmm. for yeah. the, the men before me. Um, and then when someone comes up to you, right, and like, and you really are, say you really are a godly person, right, and you really do love genuinely, and someone comes up and compliments you, and you, you want to be grossed out by it because I, 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 I want to stay humble. I don't want to be proud. Yeah. And you realize they're not really thanking you. They're thanking the Lord for who he is in you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I can claim to it in the first place, you know, because, again, I look back, well, what was I like without him? I was a piece of trash. Mm-hmm. And I would still be a piece of trash. So you just have to kind of, I guess, pass it along and, like, yeah. Jesus, thank you at least that, that you've worked through me and this person saw you, whether they know it or not. Yeah. Right. They were actually worshiping you right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's what it's, that's what, that's why we're here. Kaylee, you really struck me with what you're saying about like it's healthy to bow, and and I'd also add a little spin to it. It's it's also a, a fun. It's fun to bow, and so you're talking about like you get you get on their level. You know, like that's where all the fun happens when you get to to kind of see the world through a child's eyes. Mm-hmm. And there's another there's specifically, I think, in another gospel, this same story. Um, where the guys are competing for the for the the best office in the kingdom, and Jesus brings a child forward, yeah. and says, um, "Unless you are like this child, you will never enter the kingdom." And and so here, th- this goes back to this thing: you you can long for authority, yes, but you can't disrupt the the kingdom method to get that authority. You can't skip that step, no, no matter how talented you think you are mm-hmm. no matter how smart you think you are <clears throat> what you ought to do is keep your mouth shut and build a small group that's that's what i <laughs> that's what i think yeah. is laying it out there but um but my point is it's more fun it is 10 times more f- so when you let's say you graduate college those of you college students you graduate you're going to get a job you move to a new city you don't don't make the in- incredible misfortunate blunder to move into a new city and see a new church and to be like, oh, I got to start from square one again. Mm. Don't like it's not about you. Right. Instead, thing like I get you should be getting excited about like, Lord, what could you do here in this place? And you could, should get excited to start at square one and to serve people and love people and to see something grow from nothing. Yeah. To me, that is 10 times more fun and exciting then, um, you know, get, and I know this this happens necessarily for, for good reasons, but like signing, jumping, jumping into a, a new situation and automatically giving authority and power when you didn't necessarily earn it. <laughs> you know, it's as ministers like us that started from scratch, 
down in the valley, I if I have a choice, I'm going to choose that every time because it's it's wonderful to see something grow. Right. And and if you see your life as though you you because of all these things you've learned and experienced and like you should have more weight and and spiritual authority in people's lives and you're just kind of upset because they're not listening to you the way you think they should, um, then you're you're trying to skip uh, steps that Jesus laid out because. He there. So you got a quote, I think, from Ravi. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, you read that. So um, Ravi says that God alone knows how to humble you without humiliating you and how to exalt you without flattering you. And that's enormous. Yeah. Because he, he, you th- get thrown into a new a new situation or a new place and you're automatically, you know, blessed and, and given all these things. If you can't do that humbly. Um, you're going to be clamoring for power mm-hmm. and more authority the rest of your life, and you get in a never-ending cycle, and it's never about God. It makes me think, like, we see celebrities, and they all are miserable. Yeah. Right? And, uh, and they're supposed you, to be the best people in the world. If you, yeah. if you come into a new place, and you want to be known for your great whatever, mm-hmm. knowledge, speaking ability, who, mm-hmm. who knows what. If you want come to a new place where you have this opportunity, you have to, I guess, ask yourself: Do you want friends or do you want fans? Mm. And it, cause you have to. How do you get friends by loving each other, serving each other, doing that bowing down? Yeah. And like, wow, this this person really does love me. Well, I can be a real friend of them. Or you want your little fan club? Oh, you're so smart. And like, let me get your autograph. And then your life is empty. And Lonely. Yeah. yeah, it's like, why does Jesus doesn't even want that? Right? Yeah. He doesn't want people worshiping because of his power. Mm-hmm. People do that all the time. It's all these other religions. Literally, like every other religion, um, they worship God, their God, because they think he's powerful, even though they, I don't think they see his power. Yeah. Um, but Jesus comes down, right, like East Stanley Jones. He puts a face on God. He says, no, I want friends, actually. I want I want sons and daughters. I want a bride. Mm. Mm. And can only get that. With You can only really earn that and own it rightly with humility, yeah. I think. That's, That's really good. good. Yeah. We and we get like bitterness is is, is so deadly cuz when you find yourself in a place of bitterness then you you all of a sudden you look around you're surrounded by people that are bitter also and yeah. you have little bitterness powwows and and it just stinks. It's just not healthy and 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 um it you, only gets worse. <laughs> it only yeah, it only gets worse and and you're condescending yourself of what God is his original plan for you was. He he's, he plans something so much more beautiful, something so much greater and for your life and and humility is the only path to get there. And it's just it's one of those it's one of those things. I mean, it's a lesson I I continually have to relearn, but boy, I remember when it first hit me like like a like a big stack of dishes to the face. <laughs> I, I realized um, Jesus's path is of of demotion is in order to um, make you right, and and um, and he rescues you from the need to be bitter, right? Because it's he's good, and he's always good. First Peter chapter five. Uh, we'll do this verse. Give you all the last word, and then we'll close. Um, therefore. Like wait, look, skipped a few. Likewise, this first Peter chapter five, verse five. Likewise, you younger people submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, 
All of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a little while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. You guys, last word you want to add before we close? Uh, it's almost Christmas time. The Lord of the universe was born in a food trough mm. in one of the lowest places on the planet. Um, so I don't know, go sit in a food trough or I don't know, something. <laughs> <laughs> so you can relate. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I just want to end with the, you know, it's not until we realize how fragile and um, how vulnerable we really are that um, we realize how much we need a Savior mm. and how much we need His grace, and that's the only way that we can make it. Yes. So good. Well, friends, um, I pray that you guys will be blessed and um, that you have a wonderful, incredible Christmas time uh, with your families. Um, go and serve your family members, love on them, and and help them with the little children if if you've got little children in your family. And I was asked to say, see you next year. Yes. yes. <laughs> that is correct. And we will, this is the last podcast of the year. Next week, um, those of y'all that follow us every single week, Monday nights at 7 p.m., we will not be having podcasts next week. We're going to pick up after that. We love you guys, and God bless you, and have a very, very, very happy Christmas. Mm.